I know I said in the game day chat, it was like, you know, if you ignore the first three minutes, that was a great hockey game. But well, if you ignore the two slices of bread, it's not a fucking sandwich anymore. Like, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 31 of season five of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide and recorded <laughs> from the state of hockey. Where, what the where, heck uh, was that emphasis on guide? No, no, I paused <laughs> for some reason. Tech hockey. Where, where Mark Andre Fleury God. just became the sole owner of number two wins in NHL history today. And I should have gone, but I did not. Sorry, I didn't know the game was as early as it was. Anyway, back to the introduction. I'm Tim Brown, and I'm your host. And I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. And Matt Cabin. What's going on, everybody? Uh, this week with the series with Bemidji coming up, we reached out to Lucas Beaver Territory Pipenhagen uh, to clue us <laughs> in on what's going on with the Beavers. Thanks for joining us, Lucas. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be on. And the Eagles just scored a touchdown. All right. This week, we'll probably discuss the disaster that was the series in St. Thomas, or I mean, in Mendota Heights against St. Thomas at a high school rink. Um I don't know what else we'll talk about. Bemidji, obviously, state of the CCHA and kind of how things are going. Anything else you guys want to talk about other than Matt's car being stuck? <laughs> no, not I'm really. sure we'll talk about football some more as uh, we're watching the last uh, super wild card weekend game here as we record. So uh, we'll be right back with uh, Lucas Pipenhagen after a little thank you notes and a brief note from our sponsor. We fund everything a Tech Hockey Guide from listeners like you. You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron-only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access, or commercial-free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at fibkedental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. All right, welcome back. So, Lucas, since we got you on, how how are things for Bemidji so far? Man, that's a loaded question. <laughs> uh, they're, uh, you know, Bemidji's kind of in the same situation with every other team in the CCHA right now, it seems like, just wildly inconsistent week to week. Uh, Bemidji's dealing with a lot of injuries right now, not actually sure who's all going to be available this weekend yet. Um, you know, at least we'll have like a couple of guys coming back from the world junior tournament. So that's uh, kind of a bolster to the lineup compared to what we had a few weeks ago against Ferris state. So 
you know, just, just a lot of question marks still up and down the lineup. Um, you know, this weekend is, is a big test, I think for both teams, kind of a, a really crucial series. When you look at the standings with us, you know, two teams separated by six points with tech having two games in hand. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of this team right now. Like I said, just week to week, day to day, period to period, they're just wildly inconsistent this year. And they haven't really established what they want to, what they want to be yet. So I got to say, I don't love that. Sounds about right. And the reason being is because so goes Bemidji. So does tech. It seems a lot of these years. And I know you're talking about kind of like that dogfight in the like upper middle of the standings right now that both teams are involved in. And if the team that, I don't know, I almost look at Bemidji in like some years as a little bit more of a stable tech, if that makes any sense, because it seems like their systems are a little bit more stable. But if you're not sure what you're looking at, I don't know how we're going to make any sense of what we're looking at. <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually I agree with you, because usually Bemidji State's a really solid defensive team, and at least they have that structure behind them, and then it's just up to them to actually score goals. Um, this year, it's it's not that not the case at all. I mean, they're giving up 3.8 goals per game, which is bottom 10 in the nation. Um, they've actually shown some some pretty good moments offensively. I mean, we had the you know obviously the the 4-0 game back in in October here too. So you know you, you have those spurts of offense and and some decent play, but defensively it's just been so leaky. I mean, you had when Matias Scholl was out, you had had you know below average goaltending, but the the defense in front of Enright still wasn't wasn't great. Um, now with Scholl back there, it, it seems to be a little bit better, but you're now without Kyle loafed for, for who knows how long. Yeah. What um, actually so he, happened to loved? Uh, he blocked a shot in the, the St. Cloud state series and hit him in the wrist. He then blocked another shot after, after injuring his wrist and God, hockey players are dumb. <laughs> it's like, that, that's not where you're supposed to block that shot. Like no, you take it anywhere else. <laughs> so yeah, I, it sounds like he'll be back before the end of the season, but I don't know the time frame on it yet. And I'm, I'm just assuming he's out this weekend because I know he had surgery a, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, broken wrist, usually five to six weeks. Uh, yep. Someone who has broken this one three times and this one once. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's no good. He's one of your guys' top D-man, if not yeah. top. <laughs> yeah, and, and just having a career year for the team, too. I mean, offensively, he's second on the team in points still, I believe. Um was was the top scoring defenseman in the country there for a while and is really just showing some flashes offensively that we've never seen from him before. Um, you know, it's, it's surpassed his his career totals for goals, assists, points, everything this year already. And yeah, it, it's just a bummer for him. He was on pace to break the all-time record for games played in Bemidji State history by the end of the season. And that's probably not going to happen now. Well, he's a big part of the power play, I'd assume, as well, right? Yeah, he's one of the main quarterbacks on it. Um, yep. You know, the last couple of weeks when he was out and Polkamp, uh, Eric Polkamp was out, I the power it. play just went to, to garbage. <laughs> sure, with both of them gone, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it, it gave some guys, or it gave some opportunities for other guys to step into those roles, which is good to see because you're not going to have those guys here forever. But, um, yeah, I mean, the power play went down, I think, now sub-15%. Um, when it was had had started to get a lot better from where it was early on in the season, but it's uh, yeah, it's a struggle now. Special teams in general have, have been really bad in this team. Yeah, that seems to be a seems to be the similar. I mean, they kept on the St. Thomas broadcast. The guy kept mentioning the fact that we're the top power play in the in the CCHA. I'm thinking, oh, really? We are? How? <laughs> Must mean that the stats are. You're muted, Tim. 
uh, the stats are uh, a little rough for everybody, I think, then. Yeah, we're not anymore, but we were. Lake State's number one, though. Yeah, also not a ringing yeah, endorsement I for the like... league. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, but Lake, Lake State has, like, the best They're... offense, I think, in the league. Yeah, they Lake's... have the best defense, but if That's I remember top correctly... 20 in the country yeah. for both of us still in power play, which, honestly, I would not have guessed that. Yeah, given, that's surprising to me too. Given how it's been, but yeah, yep. we're 16th in the country. Lake State's 14th, and I, don't I know, feel like 25th. I gotta scroll a while if I have a midgey down here at 50. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Lake State leads the conference in goals with 77 in all games. I think they've also played more, but um, yeah, they played the same amount as you guys, 23. Okay, yeah, it's just been a a frustrating special teams year for us, especially like with last year with how good the power. The penalty kill was it's it's not the same this year at all. And then you know you guys are struggling even worse than we are on it. Yeah, and, and that's just shocking. Come again, coming from a Tom territory, Bemidji right. State team. That's not what like, you expect. No, I've never seen a, a penalty kill this bad in you know the time that I've been following the program. So it is a weird year because you know we've had the same issue where it doesn't feel like this team has a normal Joe Sean identity. And and I think we you know before we recorded we kind of had this discussion of like I don't really know what the team's identity is this year, and uh, it's just yeah. a struggle to to know what like the things we used to be able to expect of a Michigan Tech team under Joe Sean just aren't happening this year. Um, one of the bigger things to me is wondering how much jamie phillips departure is affecting things because the neither goaltender has been as solid as we had hoped um and it's hard not to to look at that departure and wonder if jamie not being there and then not having an actual assistant coach whose focus is goaltending on the staff this year and and remembering how erratic the goaltending was the last time that was the case for tech um and just thinking that 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 might be having a bigger impact than maybe Joe thought it would. I definitely think it's a bigger deal than a lot of people talk about because I think we talked about this before. If you follow Jamie Phillips on Instagram, I think he's worth it just for the way he helps you can see the game. Like I never played goalie, but there are so many things he explains about the goaltending position and about the way like a, a, a high caliber goaltender needs to be able to see the ice and like move their body that it's just it's opened my mind as a fan to like how to watch the game. I could not imagine having that guy giving us the behind the scenes knowledge that he has like to the goaltending staff of a team. I feel like that's been a much bigger loss than a lot of people are talking about. I think you're the only other person I've heard kind of address it, Tim. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't think I've heard any other fans like in the discord, any of my buddies. I think I'm the only other one other than you. That's kind of thought about that, you know? And I know it's not, for lack of trying, because uh, yeah, it, like uh, I touched base with uh, Robbie Baydoon about a job opportunity not too long ago, and he admitted that that Joe and the staff had tried to get him to come in to be the third assistant, and he just kind of admitted that it wasn't it wasn't uh, he thought about it pretty hard, but ultimately it wasn't really uh, uh, the opportunity that felt right for him at this time. With you know you know because obviously I'm guessing it's a pay reduction from what he's currently doing to go be a third assistant on a college hockey team. So Yeah, wasn't he working in the corporate offices for the NHL for a while? He was, yeah. Yeah, I could imagine that'd be a bit of a pay cut. It's just a bit. <laughs> <laughs>
Are you in the market for insurance? Have your rates for home, auto, boat, or more been increasing way beyond inflation? If so, maybe it's time you spoke with Aaron Piedela and the team at Arcadia Insurance Group, serving Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and more. Who better to serve you than a former Michigan Tech player? For more information, call 866-511-1069 or go to ArcadiaAgency.com. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at livoniatech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A tech.net. So I, I did some uh, stat digging this week because one of the things that I was kind of wondering about is Michigan Tech has always kind of felt like a team that's kind of, I guess, snake bit on offense in some respects where it feels like they have to do a lot more work her goal, whether it's shot attempts or like they miss the net a lot more than other teams or whatnot. And I tried to dig up because uh, I feel like last year we didn't necessarily feel that way. Does that seem right, guys? I I think last year felt better, better than, than other better than normal, right? Better than maybe, yeah. I was about to say, still, still not I feel still like not still... grade A, but still better than. I still feel like we talked about that, but I don't have the same the same feeling that you're talking about with this season. It it does really seem like they fight really hard yeah. in order to get like the few goals that they will get. You know. So what I did find interesting, first of all, is Michigan Tech is basically scoring exactly the same number of goals per game as last year. Last year, for me. the whole year's season, they were two point six nine. So far this year, they're two point six five goals per game. I feel like we haven't had the lockdown defense and the stand on your head goalkeeping that we had last year. Yeah. That's our other big thing, difference. But the other thing that I found interesting is we actually got uh, almost two more shots per game on net. And so we missed the net three and a half uh, less shots per game than last year. And we've had three and a half less shots blocked per game or Last year, we were better at less shots getting blocked, less shots missing the net, and more shots getting on that. Um, and I guess that is significant. You're talking about five more, five. We weren't necessarily taking five more. We were taking five less shots per game, but we were getting two more per game on net. And that does feel being about what more, I'm feeling. Being with, a little more selective, but making them count kind of. Yeah, a little know. bit. I don't know how you translate that. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing too is just that things don't seem to be, you know, they said the goals are the same, right? So yep. offense is not changed. So it, it the math there adds up. It's defense has. <laughs> yeah. So well, but some of it too is I would expect like obviously we expected Kyle Kukinen to have more than one goal this year, and thank God he finally scored one this weekend to get get that headed in oh, the right it was direction. A, it was a nice goal continue. too. And maybe if we hadn't immediately given up 
a goal on the next shift, things would be different. But um, it, it was it is it is kind of crazy that the stats that you just said almost scoring the same amount of goals per game and Kyle Kukunen just got his first goal of the year. Yeah. Well, but Gordon has basically replaced him. Yep. Right. For goal. (laughs) Like, um, and at this point last year, Kyle probably had half as many as Gordon has so far. Cause Kyle really turned it on from this point on in the season last year. Mm -hmm. Um, so hopefully he can do that again. Cause if we can get, um, you know, basically, if you can get Kyle Kukunen going and you can get Austin Swinkler to get comfortable in his role, we have two lines that nobody should want to deal with. We'll have to and... talk about Swinkler at some point. We will. I know how much Lucas loves him. <laughs> I'm going to try to say very uh, politically correct. I don't know. I'm just going to try and <laughs> reserve my actual thoughts on that. <laughs> well, you can, we'll you can pour gasoline on the fire. It's fine. <laughs> but one thing that I thought was kind of funny watching the game from home was that, um, well, first of all, I want to say that the St. Thomas broadcast is one of the better ones in the league. But on the other hand, um, that guy gives out announcers curses left and right. Every time Kyle Kukinen touched the puck, I swear he was almost like, who doesn't have a goal this year? So you knew it was going to happen at some point. He can't keep saying that. Like, he, <laughs> like it's just swear every time he touches the puck, Kyle Kukunen, he's good, hasn't had a goal this year. And then, bam, he's it got, you know. Four and a half periods to happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. still, but if you, you can only play with fire so long. You tell, he's just yeah. roasting the guy every chance he gets, but, man. Well, and, and like we said, Thursday night, you can't, you can't spot any team in this league two easy goals in the first two minutes. No, and expect not. to yeah. expect to win. And they did a good job of fighting back, but they never got it tied. Um, they had a lot of opportunities. I think, or they had a couple opportunities there at the very end to try and tie it up. Much the same way, like they actually looked pretty good uh, with the goalie pulled on Saturday night as well. But it's just. Like I don't know. I just can't stand how Yeah, it's really how frustrating it how that how that quick couple minutes of like lapse in judgment can really derail a whole game like that. Because, you know, I know I said in the game day chat it was like, you know, if you ignore the first three minutes, that was a great hockey game. But well, if you ignore the two slices of bread, it's not a fucking sandwich anymore. Like <laughs> I get it. <laughs> like yeah. Like, I get it. It's frustrating, but, like, there are positives to take away from it. I thought for a lot of the game, they felt like they controlled the play. I felt like there were some times where they just weren't getting the puck luck that maybe it looked like they should. I'm interested to see the Augie this week. It's it's yeah. one of those games that's tough to watch because I, I personally felt like we deserved to win. We just had a really bad two minutes or two, three minutes there. Yeah, the problem is you got to start strong. I mean, that's... <laughs> You can't well, I, you can't spot two goals that quick, like you said, Tim. Right? That's that's a struggle to come back from. <laughs> well, and then on top of it, Michigan Tech was zero for whatever on the power play on the weekend. Zero for seven, I think. Yeah, and then on both nights, I think they allowed a power play goal. Uh, so on Thursday night, I think they get they were like one, one for, for two. two. Yep. Yeah. So like you can't you can't spot a team two goals and then go zero for on the power play, and give up a a uh, a penalty kill and expect to win. Like regardless of how you played the other 
50 some minutes of the game. You just can't spot a team two goals, especially a team like St. Thomas uh, at home, even though there's only a thousand fans there and the seven misfits out cheered them. Uh, and we can talk about that some more too, but like, it's just, I don't get, it's just so frustrating when like a line like Ryan Mosley, Austin Swinkler and Isaac Gordon should be getting you what? Two goals, three goals on a weekend. That's in true. Theory. But also, we, the <laughs> in one theory. thing that I have to keep reminding myself is this is not, you know, the St. Thomas of old. They are a much better and more complete team this year. They're still not, you know, a world beater yet, but it's it's not a good look. No one ever likes to get swept cleanly, especially since we haven't had a clean sweep yet. But it's it's not as embarrassing as it used to be. I oh, suppose. I, and I, I don't think it's embarrassing to get swept by St. Thomas. St. Thomas is a quality team. You're playing them on the road. I mean, yeah. you never want to get swept, but it's not like it's not the worst thing in the world. It's not an embarrassing sweep. No, it's yeah. not embarrassing from the perspective of the opponent. It's it's just frustrating from like so much of this circles back to like very similar things to like uh like how much fun yesterday was for me watching the Packers. Like I had zero expectations they're going to win. And I was on a Packers podcast last week where I talked about my college hockey background about how much fun it is to watch no a team when yeah. you have no expectations and you exceed them. Whereas Michigan Tech, like it or not, had a bunch of expectations on this team. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was as deserved as we probably thought because this defense is way more suspect than it should be. Um, I think, you know, one of the interesting points from discord this week was talking about how it does seem like, uh, Jed has taken a step back, um, or been found out like what, however he plays, like they're figuring out how to play him. And then who, uh, I'm just going to jump in on Jed. Who do we remember? Who did he get paired up with regularly last year? Was he getting covered up a little bit? If some of his flaws getting hidden? I don't know. I'd have to look and I don't even know where to look other than scrolling uh, back on. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's maybe just a, something to throw out there. Yeah. The sure. I to... think that's definitely a possibility where he was more of the, he was, the stay-at-home guy with a more offensive guy instead of maybe, and maybe he's trying to do more this year, and and they're getting left hung out a little bit more because of that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the reason I played that whole angle to begin with is because you look at the results for Bemidji's last weekend in Big Rapids, and you see them drop in a game against sixty-three in the pairwise, and I'm just wondering if. Well, first of all, I'm assuming you watched both games, Lucas. Yeah. Okay, and um. I'm just kind of wondering what your takeaways were from that game. Is Ferris a little better than they're leading on? Did Bemidji play down? Like, what were you? What, what were your thoughts on like watching that series? And how did you feel about dropping that second game? I mean, obviously yeah. bad, but you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, like you said, they are 63rd in the pairwise, but they also did pick up a split with St. Thomas earlier in the year too. So they they have shown that capability of of beating some of the teams at the top of the standings. Yeah, we we've split with them too. So <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, and really, you guys are talking about your slow start on on Saturday. That that's exactly what happened to Bemidji State on in that game against uh, Ferris too. They were they were down two nothing within five minutes and 
and really we're just never able to to come back from it and and Ferris State completely outplayed them that game too don't get me wrong like Ferris deserved that win they dominated start to finish I think they outshot us two to one by the end of it Jeez. um Part of the issue that I've I've noticed, especially now that this team was or with that weekend specifically when the team was so shorthanded, I mean you have guys like Leighton Road playing 22 plus minutes a game, and, and a lot of those minutes are coming on the penalty kill because for some reason the last two weekends Bemidji State's just decided to take a lot more penalties than they <laughs> they typically do. Um, so Tom only trusts a handful of guys to kill penalties with this team. And you're seeing guys like Leighton Road being out there on the penalty kill, Yuri Weiss, and then, you know, your, your top two line centers. And, you know, even if they kill off the penalty, you're you're not putting them out there at, at even strength when that, that penalty ends. And, and you're just having to play so many minutes and get so worn out that by the end of the weekend, they're just, they didn't have much left in the tank. And, and you can kind of see that, especially in the second, third periods of that game. Yeah, it's always a struggle when you've got, some of your best offensive producing guys who are also your best penalty killers. And if you're stuck that way, it just doesn't, uh, it doesn't bode well (laughs) when you got no, you got nothing left. Right. Yeah, exactly. Missing who you guys are missing. Right. Like you you referenced earlier, the two defensemen have been out and missing. So yeah, that's tough. Yeah. and, And against, you know, that Saturday game, I would say we were without four of our top six forwards and our top two defensemen. So, you know, I don't want to make injuries an excuse, but that, that does that did play a huge role in that in that series. Um, you know, hopefully we'll get at least well, for sure we're getting two of those forwards back and at least one of those defensemen, but we'll see. Yeah, that's one thing that hasn't bitten tech this year, hardly. I mean, Arvid, I think, is the only person that's really been out for a long period of time, right? We that haven't we, had that we care about because I yeah, think um we haven't had Isaac still recovering, but he played in the, the exhibition. So yeah. And then the like the only other thing that like I think that adds on to that, Lucas, from a tech perspective, is like Arvid's out, and that might be a bigger deal than we thought it should be. And then you also have Koski Purdy coming back from Europe. Um, and it sounds like his travels were not quite as convenient as what was made for the Americans coming back to play for like the Gophers. So that might have played into to his and how he played. Um and Dustin, I looked it up. At least like the last 10 games of the year, uh, Jed Piedela was paired up with Crespi. Interesting. Okay. So maybe it was more a matter of uh, Jed sticking within the systems and playing more defensive, knowing full well that Jake's going to be cheating a lot. He's going to be more offensive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One thing I've noticed with your guys' defensemen, I'm only seeing that they've scored two goals this year too, is that you know, is that I can't I can't remember in years past have you gotten more production out of your defensemen in terms of goal scoring or if this is our really good years we have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh I'm kind of surprised by that because you've got um like I would expect, you know, Getz and Campbell. I guess Chase has never really been a goal scorer. He he's done a really good job of setting guys up, but I don't think he's ever been a goal scorer from the blue line that I recall in juniors. He, no, but he does always, have, he's got a decent amount of assists this year. He does. Yeah, he does. But that's what I mean. Like, but I, I it's not a surprise that he's got no yeah. goals because that's yeah, not really what he does. Yep. I would, I would like, I, I should say a decent amount really, of assists. He's the, he's the team leader in assists yeah. with 14. I didn't realize he was the team leader and he has 14 total points. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know Trevor Russell led the defense 
in goals last year and he only played like 10 games last year because he got hurt and this year's kind of been a struggle for him like i like i actually picked him for preseason all conference because most of the good defensemen left and i didn't really know what to do and i just figured he would find a way to score like he did last year and get more chances and that has not played out at all so yeah i don't know what to what to make of that i don't think there's uh it just doesn't seem like there's that production i mean there it doesn't seem like they're not they're doing anything different right it's the same style of play pinch down and a forward you know covers behind so it's not like they're not jumping up into the into the offensive zone, a lot of times a D man's carrying the puck in on the power play and stuff too. So uh, it's not like they're not activating and moving forward, at least from my incredible, you know, layman's (laughs) view of hockey as someone who's never played. (laughs) I I would agree with that. And I think there's quite a bit about our current defensive core. that can probably just chalk up the inexperience because we lost a lot of key pieces back there this year. And we've got a lot of guys trying to step up into those roles that, you know, it's it's just not as secure of a blue line as it's been in past years for tech. And if you're not, you know, yeah. if you're not executing as much as you would on the bread and butter of of like defensive play, then it's kind of hard to expect the offensive production to come as well. Yeah. And I do think some of it we've said multiple times is that Joe made the choice to bring in Campbell and Getz and combined they had like. 20 total college games under their belt long term that's probably the right choice but short term they probably should have tried to find another um i forget the names of the two defensemen they brought in o'connell and who's the other guy they brought in the year before um that can really be that like graduate senior guy that's like the anchor and like that calming force on the blue line they don't have that this year because neither jed nor Trevor Russell have been that guy and they just don't like I think Chase is the closest thing we have to that guy and he's still a freshman so he just makes mistakes sometimes um or you know they're just getting caught sometimes um like on I know one of the goals um I forget which one now I think it was the Oh, let's see. The second goal against Tech on Saturday. Um, they can, they, uh, I remember specifically watching and noticing that the forward wasn't hustling back to cover the, the, the St. Thomas guy as he was breaking to the net with a clear chance. And then they scored because he just didn't hustle back. And, um, I don't need to name names. You can go watch the video back if you want. Um, but it's just one of those things where it just didn't seem like like they had, like some of the guys just weren't putting that effort in where they need to, uh, especially when you see the the other team's player hustling. You need to step up and make sure that they don't get an easy shot opportunity. Um, two things that stuck out to me, Rob, and I want to know, what, or and Matt, that I want to know what you guys thought watching on TV or on flow, I don't really remember feeling Jack Work's energy at all this weekend. No, I'll Does grant that, that for sure. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, I just didn't. It didn't yeah. Yeah, and I, I understand why you would feel that way because like I don't feel like he played terribly, but you're so used to him being like the one guy that you're always talking about, the guy you can trust to go into like the dirty areas. And I'm pretty sure I put on the record that he's my favorite tech player right now. And when you've got a guy who's 
kind of like the bread and butter, heart and soul, oh, like, the spark let's, plug. like the spark. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like if you got that guy that if he seems like he's not having his greatest game, it can be tough to get some forward momentum going. Yeah, then, no, I, I would agree. I don't I don't remember like uh, th- there's the moment where he's getting things going. Yep. There was no like spark plug moment from him this weekend for whatever reason like you yeah. said Matt I don't think he played bad but exactly. he didn't like, have that engine to like push the team to 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 grind that game better either exactly like if if for some reason Jack works listens to this podcast we're not pinning this loss on because you weren't the same spark plug that you usually are it just kind of seems like it's another one of those factors that kind of went towards yeah he's allowed to have a not awesome weekend like he's yeah, allowed to do that everyone's allowed to have, have like some less than spectacular games we the trouble comes when everyone decides to have their less than spectacular games at the same time yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing that stuck out to me and i don't know if i ever noticed this before and i don't know if this showed on tv but there were at least two moments where bronte was tapping his stick calling for the puck and i and i and that caught me off guard because i don't really remember tech doing that other than redacted who's now on his fourth team this year um second team in yeah. the sphl <laughs> we don't we don't need to name names but like that's i don't recall ever hearing that on the ice other than redacted against wisconsin so like i just found that odd and i don't know if you guys caught that on the stream or or what you thought of that uh i i do i do remember hearing it at least once yeah but you know you talk about bronte that line was the line that you know isn't supposed to be out there scoring goals, but seeing Nordy score two of them this this weekend was pretty awesome. You yeah. know, he's he's a local guy. His grandpa, I'm pretty sure, is the, the the used to be the rink manager right of the SDC. So you know he, he's he's grown up at when you hear Atlantic Mine, you got to actually look at it on the map where that is. It's just another suburb of Houghton, right? So that mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I thought that was great to see him finally score, see Kukunen score. There's some positive stuff. I know you guys were were talking about it beforehand in in Slack about what what positive comes of the weekend. Seeing Nordy score was awesome. I thought it was. I think it was. Not only does he score, but he goes down and does it right again. <laughs> like yeah, next, I think it was next shift basically, right? Yeah, it was awesome to see a guy that you don't expect to contribute uh, doing it and doing it in a big way. And it's but that another line's been, layer. To... That line's been contributing really well. They just haven't had the finishing product. They they've been they've been the the the, the line that is forechecking hard. It's pushing. You know, it seems like it's pushing the possession down to that end, and then something comes of it uh, from the next shift for whoever comes on the ice next. Right? They just haven't produced themselves much. Yeah, it's but like you were saying, it was cool to see uh, the local guy and then the guy that you don't expect to go out there and contribute like that, go out and get those couple goals. It's just unfortunate it didn't end up amounting to a win. And if you're going to have a performance like that, I feel like it would have been cooler to do it at the Mac in front of the home <laughs> fans. But and sure. I'm definitely not going to complain about two <laughs> goals no matter where they are. Well, and then the other thing too is it felt like I don't, I don't, Dustin, do you, I don't know if you remember this on Thursday. I definitely remember it on Saturday uh, and especially Kukkonen where it felt like everything, it felt like everything in that game after the goal for him, like every little touch by the other team he was taking offense to and like overtly pushing back and, and checking back and cross-checking dudes and like, 
it seemed like he was very over the top uh, physical. Like I was surprised he didn't get more penalties, honestly, than he did. Um, I guess I got one on the end Thursday. Yeah, I guess I didn't notice that on Thursday, but I was distracted pretty often, too. (laughs) That's true. I don't know. Did you watch the games, Lucas? Because you were the, the times were a little different, so you probably could have, huh? Yeah, I, well, and we were off this last weekend too, so okay. I actually watched most of the game on on Thursday, and then I watched the first two periods on on Saturday. I actually missed the first two goals on Thursday, though, so I I didn't get to see <laughs> <laughs> the majority of the scoring. But you know, like you said, I, I thought Nordstrom making the getting those couple of goals and kind of sparking what what seemed like it was going to be a comeback. Like I thought you guys were going to tie it. I I was actually kind of surprised that that game didn't get into overtime. Oh, is that um, the one where Rasmussen had a had the breakaway too? I think that was the same game, right? Or did I think he have so. it the other night. I can't remember which night it is because he had a breakaway that uh, he didn't convert on, right? So there were yeah. chances in both nights. There were chances. I don't feel like you know we would necessarily played that badly. We just like, like usual aren't aren't don't seem to be getting good grade A opportunities or finishing the ones we do get. Well, I mean, just look at the timing of stuff, like. Norsham Thawson, he got two goals, and one of them was literally, but one of them was literally three seconds after St. Thomas went up three nothing. Like how, like, it's nice to respond, but it would have been nice to respond before you're down three nothing, and you you dig such a big hole, um, and then you take, and then Kukinen takes the cross checking, or no, it was the Russell penalty that they scored on. So like, yeah, like, or or even like Gordon gets the goal to get within one but then Kukinen takes a penalty like a minute and a half later to put you behind uh down a man with only like five minutes left so it's just like they had their opportunities um like you had three different chances to uh to to get a goal back like you literally get a power play right after you go down two nothing and you don't score like if you score there like it's a whole different game because you're not like you've you've cut it in half. You've like killed the the crowd. Not that St. Thomas's crowd is all that great. With, I mean, they were supposedly sold out, and I sat wherever I wanted on Saturday. Um, so like I don't know. It was just frustrating all the way around. Because like like I said, like you you never actually tied it on Sat on Thursday. You didn't get a power play goal with three chances before you take two penalties and they get a goal on one of them. And then on Saturday night, you score first and then immediately give it up on the next shift, four on four. And then you can't get another goal all game. You you give them another goal right at the end of the period. I know Old Dog said it was a soft goal. I don't know if I'd go that far, but it certainly wasn't a good goal. Um, I'm sure it's one that Blake would like to have back, but I'm not sure I'd call it soft, but a good goalie probably should make that save. Cause it's a clear, he's not obstructed and it's not immediately in front of him. Right. Like it's, it's yeah, not, see, a... I'll buy that. It was the allegation that it was soft. I don't know. I thought it was just a very well-placed shot. I'll, I'll listen to an argument that Blake might've dropped a little early, but I, I personally didn't feel that way. It's just. That's one of those ones where I just look and go, like, damn, I don't even know what else could have been done aside from playing some tighter defense, which, I mean, what else is new? But I 
personally didn't really fault Blake for that one. I didn't think it was soft. I could see how you, it's probably one that he wants to have back, but I think it's one that get, gets past most goalies at this level. Yeah, I was going to say too, just on that Thursday night game, you're you're down a goal or yeah, down a goal going into the third, and you only are able to muster seven shots on goal in that that third period. You know, and you did take a penalty. I mean, some of that was on, you know, spending time on the kill, but it just didn't seem like the intensity was there Thursday night to, you know, to really get shots on goal and and, and try and create scoring chances off of that. It seemed like they were maybe playing a little too cute. I. I don't know. That's kind of the impression I got, at least watching that that third period. Yeah, the the cuteness stuff. Uh, all the drop passes when you see some of the teams are just going and driving the net and shooting, and we're doing other things is can be frustrating. You don't want to be the guy that stands in the stands and just yells "shoot" all the time because you know <laughs> that guy's an asshole. <laughs> but I mean, there there are times when you, you just want to see a shot on net and and drive hard and bang in a rebound, right? That works for a reason. <laughs> Gets the goalie out of position and moving where all the cute stuff doesn't necessarily get that going. So it's, yeah, it's it's a struggle. I do think, I felt like Saturday was the better game of the two for us, even though the score was tighter on on uh, on Friday, Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm with you there. Saturday felt better, but just couldn't score again. You know, it's just frustrating. You outshoot them. Uh, especially in the third period, you know, shoot them 12 to five looking at the, the box score, right? We felt like we were the ones that should have won that game and, and you don't. And that that's the frustrating expectation, you know, I'll go full circle to what Tim was saying earlier, right? That's the frustrating expectation side of things is you feel like we should be winning games this year and it's just not happening sometimes. And it that, sucks. <laughs> that Jake Seibel is a hell of a goalie for St. Thomas. Yeah, he played, he, I don't know what happened to him in the end there, but he came out, right? So yeah. that was, uh, you know, he came out for the last five minutes. He was laying flat on the ice for a while, and I don't know if he was holding, like, his shoulder as he came off the ice or if he was skating funny. I, I don't remember exactly what it looked like. But it, does, it didn't look like anything, you know, terribly. I don't think he got hit by anybody or anything. It was just like a normal save, it looked like, wasn't it? I'm trying to remember what actually happened. Oh, what happened to the goalie? Yeah. yeah. So so he was down, and whoever came through the crease trying to get the shot off caught him funny, and his like uh his his right like leg pad, like the the toe of the of the skater caught it and it flipped over so that the the top of the pad was down on the ice, so his leg got pinched funny because the whole pad flipped over like how it's not supposed to do sure and i think it was just like overextending his leg that way gotcha yeah that's no fun then that's what it looked like to me i i know i there were multiple times on saturday that i pulled my phone out to watch replays because i couldn't understand why they were replaying that that first all no the, goal the, forever. I have like, no I, I was idea like, why, why that, that take got six watched. minutes. I literally watched the first replay yeah. on floor. Yeah, like, it's no goal. What? Like, yeah. <laughs> I had to imagine that had to be like an in-house internet problem or something because that's the only. Yeah, thing the only thing like that I made could... sense to me is it took them four minutes to get a view for the refs or something. Yeah. No, that was one of the most obvious overheads I think I've seen in a long time. Of no, that did not go in the goal. It yeah. was very obviously not in the goal. And then I also didn't understand. Even the Tommy's uh, broadcaster th- was saying the same thing. I. Th- thought there was no more refs reviewing on their own that I was not a were, challenge yeah so i thought they were encouraged, they 
uh, yeah, I've always thought that they were encouraged not to do that anymore. Like, I, I feel yeah. like they can, but they've been told, no, let the coaches use their challenge if they want to. Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand that either. And it maybe was only like, because there isn't like St. Thomas didn't have goalie judges. So it was just somebody up in the box that turned the goal light on. It wasn't, uh, I don't think they have goalie right. judges, right? So it's not like there was a disagreement between the goal judge and the ref and they want to clarify that. That would make sense to me if you still had goal judges sitting there, but they didn't, they don't have those. So I, that's not the issue. So it really didn't make sense to me how that wasn't a challenge. Not that that played a role because I don't think um, St. Thomas ever used their timeout. So it didn't really matter, but like, it was just very odd to me that, that that took so long and then uh, wasn't actually a challenge. Yeah, it was it was weird. It should have never taken that long. <laughs> yeah, and you could very very easily see that uh, it was it was quick and, and bounced right back out. The puck was in clear frame the entire time. Yeah, you know, I think it hit middle at the crossbar from the one forward view that they gave us on the flow screen replay. There was one. There was one other shot where I thought Tech scored, and it did the same thing. And I pulled up Flow and watched, and I was surprised that it hit Pipe as squarely as it did because I didn't hear a sound at all. That was on Thursday night. I think you asked asked me about that. Yeah, because that one was very weird. Because like I didn't hear it hit Iron at all. Yet it obviously did on the replay that I saw on Flow. But it was like why? How like? I don't know how it made no sound. <laughs> yeah, goalposts are so weird because I feel like sometimes if you hit a post, it just rings out for years. And sometimes you can just crank it off the goalpost and there will be no sound. And I just, I don't, I've never understood why that is because you feel like it's a relatively like evenly coded kind of thing. And then however you hit it, it doesn't seem like it should matter that much, but I don't know. Very weird. Oh, uh, in the third period on Saturday, how close were we to? an automatic goal being scored for a penalty on a breakaway without a goalie. Yeah, I was worried about it. <laughs> I was worried about it. <laughs> I'll I'll say that I don't I won't make a call one way or the other, but I I that was the first thing that crossed my mind when I saw that play as well. I'm assuming it's because there were two defensemen in the area, but it felt like the only way either of them were preventing a goal was by taking a penalty, so it felt like it should have been a goal even though there were two yeah. of them. I don't know if I've ever actually seen that called. Yeah. Well, we almost did. It yeah. probably should have. <laughs> it's definitely one of those uh, weird uh, weird caveats of the rule book that if it happens, people are just going to go, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything else, guys? I'm happy. I'm good. One minute remaining in the podcast. All right. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash guide. Uh, we've got a bunch of different levels at a bunch of different price points. Please check it out and uh, help us in any way you can. Uh, follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page if I remember to post on all those places. Uh, lately, I've been just posting it to Patreon and having it open to anyone Um don't forget, forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening to the podcast for the first time, go back and find the Matriarch episode from December. Um, very good interview with Jerry McInnes. Uh, let's see. The more we rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. If you give us a five-star rating, which we haven't had in a long time, Dustin will read the review. 
no matter what you leave. So let's get some ratings and see what you guys have to say. Once again, thanks to our sponsors, Fibke Dental and Rhinelander, Wisconsin, that also offered to house the misfits that we barely talked about for their 24-hour travel trip to the game Thursday. Arcadia Insurance and Livonia Technical Services. Finally, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thankyounotes.bandcamp.com. been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha i thought it was mike's books we're, we're, we got to work on that i'm reading though